This is Brian Collins. I'm a uh, former Walt Disney Imagineer, and you're listening to the most wonderful podcast to hit the airwaves, Mousecapades. Hi, this is Rebecca from the Art of Animation. Um, you're listening to Mousecapades podcast. Hey, this is Matt from Star Tours. You're listening to the Mousecapades podcast. <laughs> an idea question or want to share your experiences on the show contact nick and dave anytime email them at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com text them at 407-674-0414 follow nick and dave on facebook instagram and twitter simply search for mousecapades podcast Listen to Nick and Dave on iTunes, Podcast Addict, TuneIn Radio, and Stitcher Radio. Simply search for Mousecapades Podcast. Now, from the Mousecapades Studios, here are your hosts, Nick and Dave. Merry Christmas and happy holidays, everybody out there. Welcome back to the Mousecapades Podcast, the number one show that entertains that space between your ears. Nick, Dave, and we got a super special guest this week, Nick. Uh, buddy of mine, we've been buddies since we started teaching God knows how many years ago. So um, he was an inspiration to us to get our show started, We and we're going to talk about that today. Uh, with us today, we have Mike from the Be Our Guest Podcast, the founder. Welcome, Mike. Hey, thanks for having me. Merry Christmas, everybody. I know it was yesterday, but, uh, you know, I'm always a day late and a dollar short, so here we go. All right, so when we got the idea to start our podcast, Nick actually came to me. That's how the whole thing began. He was like, hey, I know that you love Disney. We talk about it already all the time. I was thinking about doing this podcast, and originally he was planning on doing it on his own as far as I know, right, Nick? No, that's absolutely right, you know, but, um, yeah, I was planning on doing it on my own, Got inspiration actually from you, Mike. Uh, by the way, we spent many lonely nights together. By the way, uh, <laughs> that's awkward. That's supposed to be awkwardly funny. Anywho, no. When I rock my rock my baby to sleep, I had my earbuds in and I was always listening to your show. And so, just you know, I love talking about Disney. So does Dave, like you just said. And I was like, you know, we could really just do our own. You know, so. That's when I decided to go through Dave to contact you and meet that, you know, have that meet and greet going on. Yeah, so we uh, originally, like I said, he was, Nick came to me and was like, hey, I'm thinking about starting my own podcast. And then it turned into, I need some help doing this. And I was like, mm, okay, I could probably kill 10 minutes of time. You know, what do we got? And so as we get into the whole format of our show and trying to figure out what the heck it is we're going to do with this podcast, besides just sit and talk, two dudes talking about Disney. We, it, it turned into, you know, we kind of got our path going as to what it was that we were going to talk about and, you know, the format of our show, which, you know, well, it's been like ten month, nine, ten months, Nick, and we're still trying to figure out the format of our show. Yeah, I think our format, is, it's sort of unorthodox, you know, it's just, yeah. it's, it's purely entertainment. We don't focus on just one thing. It's just whatever we like to talk about that week, whatever the hot topic is, yeah. you know. So we, uh, after Nick and I kicked it around a little bit and decided that there was going to be something we could do, um, I got a hold of Mike and, you know, like I said, Mike, Mike and I, 
we've had some pretty pretty unique experiences together. We started teaching back in 99, both of us as long-term subs, not knowing what we were doing in a first and a second grade class. And, uh, you know, Mike had his stuff under control because he had the second graders, but I was long-term subbing for my sister. And the one advice that I had for my sister, and I said, I'm not taking this job unless you have those kids knowing how to read already. So, yeah, uh, well, <laughs> that's where we got our start, Mike. And then... Um, what was it? How how much time was it in between when you got your job at the at the school we both worked at and when I got mine? It wasn't long. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, you know, we were both like I said, uh, long term sub in there. Really, I mean, two male teachers fresh out of college. Uh, <laughs> you know, in the primary elementary grades, it was a mess. I still don't like teaching second grade, and I still have to do that once a week now. Um, but I do remember that. Uh, you know, I had student taught at the school we both ended up at for a, a long time. That I was going back to interview to kind of get a spot there after student teaching, because I was comfortable with the principal and the teachers. Was a great building. And then I know you were interviewing at another building. Building within the district, and I said, "Dave, man, you got to come over here. We got to team up. This is a good building." And uh, I think he went on that initial interview, but also yeah. interviewed Wedgwood, and uh, you know, the rest is history. Been friends ever since. Actually, even before that. Yeah, and it was crazy because you did say you got to come to this school. It was so awesome, and they had an opening, and I, I got an interview. Luckily, and I interviewed it out of the school, and they actually offered me the position, and I felt so bad because I was like. I have an interview the next day at this other school that's in the district. Is there any way I could still go on that interview? And they were they were gracious enough to let me go on that other interview. And, you know, like you said, we, we got jobs teaching across the hall from each other. And we had lots of dreams about putting a zip line up across our classroom and uh, and sending messages back and forth all day. Just just a blast, man. And so we taught together for like eight years. And so so Mike and I go way back. And, uh, you know, not to mention that we, we both went down to space camp together and taught summer school together and just yeah we have a good time together yeah we built inflatable space shuttles in the gym shut down the gym for a week you know each year and you know toured the whole uh everybody came through our classrooms with uh mini space weeks in our classrooms we had astronomy nights we had boeing out at our school i mean we had some great times but you know just so you know how old we are just to put this in perspective i remember dave and i we got telephones in our classrooms. We thought that was the greatest thing ever. And I remember one day, and if you were, if you, if you're not even in education, you can probably remember those old TV carts that they had on wheels where they'd roll in the TV and then there'd be a VCR under it. We were so excited. We're like, we're going to be like business people. We're going to put that phone because they mounted it on the opposite side of the room where you, you had to stand by the door. <laughs> to we went up to Radio Shack, bought a long old phone cord and ran that sucker. One of us was on the TV cart standing up. The other one was pushing it on the ground. <laughs> broken neck i don't know but we got those phones on our desk and then later on we did the same with our first computers in our classroom and uh yeah you know, we thought we were you know big stuff there that we were you know like big uh business barons i think thank god for drop ceilings right <laughs> exactly <laughs> all right man so that's kind of how we got our start but i wanted to kind of hear how you got your start mike because you've been doing you know the, the weird thing about it is is that all that that we just talked about I don't really remember a day where you came to me and said, hey, man, I'm starting up this radio show. Because back then, nobody even knew what podcasts were. How long have you been in the business? So we're going to go on eight years of the podcast in March. Uh, so that'll be, um, yeah, I can't believe eight years. You know, we'll be over, we'll be hitting our thousandth episode in April, it looks like. 
Uh, God willing, we just had episode 953 come out, I believe. And we have live shows once a month, once a month. So if you add those in, we're, we're well over a thousand already. But, um, the way it started for me was, uh, I have a, I have a wife that is just a great gift giver. She knows exactly what to give you every birthday, Christmas and so forth. I'm the world's worst gift giver. You know, like I, you just can't compare to what she does. Like she knows like what you like and what you should, you know, like what you'll appreciate. I just, I can never figure that out. But anyway, one year she got me, um, this had to have been back in 2000, I want to say five or six. She got me an iPod and like, I didn't even know what an iPod was back then. Right. It was still brand new. And I had worked all through high school and college as a DJ and I DJed at a roller skating rink. My dad owned a mobile DJ company. You DJed I, my wedding. Uh, DJed your wedding reception. I, you know, I DJed lots of proms and wedding receptions around St. Louis. So. I was always like surrounded by music. So the last thing I really wanted to do with this iPod was listen to music. Cause I just, you know, it was like work, you right. know, to have to tune into music. So I was looking for something. I mean, this thing was expensive. It was like brand new technology and I love technology. So I was like, what can I do with this? So I downloaded iTunes, you know, brand new software and I found this stuff called podcasts. And, you know, I looked around and there were like radio shows, which I'm more of a talk radio guy. I always have been. Um, and then I found that there were actually a few shows that were about Disney and Walt Disney World. And the funny thing was is that I looked and they came out, you know, and there were about five shows at the time and they came out like once a week or once every couple of weeks and they were absolutely free. You didn't even have to buy anything. You know, I was like, Hey man, this, the price is right here. I can download a new show once a week for free. And that's kind of how I got my initial start into podcasting where I found it through a gift of an iPod. And I bet you a lot of your listeners are kind of the same way. Boy, and I tell you what, if there's one gift that Pam regrets, <laughs> it's got to be that one, man, because you are a busy man. You podcast, well, you podcast like three days a week. Yeah, we have three shows a week, and uh, we have the 24-7 radio station as well, and we do a live show every third Sunday of the month where listeners can call in and uh, go on the air live with us and... Oh my gosh, many more escapades. Yeah, my life has changed because of that iPod. Yeah, exactly if right. Pam could contact Marty McFly and get in that time machine, I bet she'd do it, man. She'd have her husband back. But no, dude, I tell you what, you guys have had many blessings as a as a result of that gift. Yeah, it's it's uh, very, it's added very very uh, so many experiences to my life, so many friends, and uh, it, you know I would have never met Nick, so it's uh, it's really cool. Oh, thanks, Mike. <laughs> and I'd have never helped you rock your baby to sleep. You know, yeah, I was just joking about that awkwardly funny comment, by the way. Um, <laughs> no, I would, I listened to you for, for like a solid year, uh, two, three in the morning occasionally, you know, and, uh, it, it, it just calmed my nerves, you know, listening about something that I really, truly love talking about and learning more about. And, uh, I was just drawn to your podcast. And so I knew you were a friend of Dave's and honestly, yeah, so that's how it got rolling. I contacted Dave. I'm like, Hey, let's meet up. Let's do a meet and greet at Buffalo Wild Wings at B-Dubs and figure out how he got his start. So you and I, Dave, let's go ahead and do our own show for our own kiddos in our, in our school. And cause that's really initially where it started for me, uh, Dave. And I know for you as well. Just talking to the kids in class and kind of relating Disney topics to, and not necessarily the curriculum, but just what we were learning about. And so that kind of just morphed into this podcast, and we have had fun doing it ever since. So we both thank you very much. Yeah. So that kind of brings us to the theme of this show. You know, we got started without telling the viewers what are the listeners what the theme of our show is. You know, this is the last show of 2015. This is the year of the Mousecapades podcast. And so we wanted to kick around, just review, like, what went on this year and, and the craziness that if, if you'd have told me that if we'd have had 45 shows under our belt by the end of the year, I would have laughed at you and said, you're silly. This isn't going to last more than 10. But, you know... Uh, 
we're going to kind of switch gears here and talk about this year, 2015, and we want you to throw your comments in too, Mike. Like, what kind of things have gone down this year that have been really impressive or really, like, the bonehead things that we've done that we <laughs> we know, we, like, this we learned this one the hard way, that kind of stuff is, is what we want to talk about this week. Yeah, it's funny reflecting back this time of year and everybody's doing it, of course. You know, you see it on TV and on the radio, you know, the best of, you know, 2015 and so forth. But when you think about the journey that you guys have gone on, you know, and, the, you know, our show as well, I mean, every year is a different entity and, you know, you have something, you know, unique about each year. But you guys, you know, when you start and you have that first year, you know, I want to congratulate you guys because, you know, I saw a stat the other day where most podcasts kind of peter out about episode 12 and you guys have stayed in there. And I'll tell you personally, because I listen to a lot of podcasts. That's really all I listen to. And, you know, you guys have always stepped it up as you've been going. The quality's getting better. The content's better. You're really developing relationships with your listeners. So I want to congratulate you guys and, uh, you know, tell you it's been a very successful 2015 for you guys. And 2016 is going to be awesome. Thanks, brother. All right. So, Nick, talking about 2015, what you got? What is your your most prized moment about this show in 2015, <laughs> man? Because as, as Mike just said, he hears a lot of best of, and I'm not sure we have the best of the mousecapades yet, but uh, we're going to work at it, dude. So there's got to be something we remember. So what do you remember? I just love the weird and strange, to be honest with you. I love uh, coordinating, uh, you know, Leonard Kinsey, the author of that, that weird book that, you know, or that you really don't like so much. But uh, I, I loved it because it was just really weird and different. I, I liked talking to Philip Swift, you know, with his documentary. So so that was really cool. I really loved making the connections and the friends with these individuals, and especially the Disney podcaster hangout and things like that. I didn't realize how big this group of podcasters actually was until I kind of just got swooped in, into this thing and realized that, wow, there's a lot of people out there that, that think just like we do that love talking about this stuff. So really just... Meeting people online that have similar interests. Also, really the, the technical aspect of it. I love editing. It takes a lot of my time. It consumes a lot of my time throughout the week. And I have a very loving wife that just puts up with me at this point. But we only do one episode a, a week, Mike. And I could not imagine doing three because just one episode a week consumes a few hours. Actually, more than that, probably about four or five hours of just me making minor tweaks and things like that. Just trying to make it a little bit better. But uh, just editing, I've really enjoyed editing, to be honest with you. I know it sounds crazy. I know as probably the next year goes on, I'll probably learn to hate it. <laughs> Nick does the editing most of the time because he's, he's quite a perfectionist. I, I'm like, you know what, they can hear us, it's good enough. But I would imagine, <laughs> Mike, having 950-plus shows underneath your belt, you guys probably don't screw up too much, right? Well, no, we have a yeah, – that's why I tell Ricky, uh, Debbie, and Pam. I say, you know what, we're not allowed to screw up tonight because Survivor's on in 15 minutes. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I'm a big reality TV. I can't fan. believe you still watch Survivor, man. Oh man, I'm, I'm trying out for Big Brother next season. So watch, you know, and you'll make it. I doubt. I have no doubt. Ah, that would be awesome. That way. <laughs> so yeah, as far as our show goes, thinking back to the beginning of our show and just like I said, trying to get the format. What are we going to do with, with to spend? The, the initial goal was 30 minutes, and I was thinking to myself when we got this thing going. How in the world are we going to talk for 30 minutes straight and have this thing happen? And you know what? I don't think we've had a show that's been less than 45 minutes all year long. As hard as we try, it doesn't happen for us. But, you know, there's a couple of shows that actually stick out to me. One of them was the one where we had our buddy Jeff on, and we did the Star Wars episode. And, sure. And it, 
I don't know why it sticks out so much to me, but I, I don't know a lot about Star Wars at all. So Jeff knows, our buddy Jeff knows a ton about Star Wars, and so does Nick. So these two just banter back and forth, and they're using words. They might as well be talking Japanese to me because I have no idea what they're talking about. So, like, I'm just trying to find some kind of smart comment to throw in left and right, and it's just listening to those two talk back and forth about something I have no idea about was fascinating to me. And it was just, I, I think I, I had my microphone off half of that show just cracking up laughing at these two yahoos. What about uh, the first episode, Dave? Remember how many times we had to re-record that thing? Yeah, so uh, well, we had the intro episode where we told the public who we are and what we're all about. And then we had our first guest, who Mike knows Chrissy. Yes. And so uh, she was she was gracious enough to be our first guest. So Nick comes over because we we never done this before. So Nick comes over to the house and we're set up. We're all ready to go. We got our questions all prepped. We get Chrissy on the phone. We talk like 15, 20 minutes to Chrissy. And then we hang up. And we got nothing. There's no file. Nothing was recorded. We just Skyped with her for 20 minutes. And we had to completely call her up and say, hey, Chrissy, you want to do this again? Because uh, that didn't work. Yeah, step one, hit the red button. And she did. Like She was like, okay, let's do this all over again. It was like, okay, the dress rehearsal's finished. Now let's do this for real. And then the second time we did it. uh, Oh, there's more. Oh, dude, the second time we recorded, something messed up. And so what we had to do was take the two separate files, what we talked about, and her responses were in a different file completely. And we had to. Well, this was the third time, Dave. What happened the second time then? I don't even remember that. No, it was just bad audio quality. Oh, and so yeah, then yeah, yeah. finally we went ahead and did it the third time. She was gracious enough. And so what we had to do was combine the second and third recording together. Remember? Yeah, and it was nuts, dude. And, like, if after that show, I was like, man, if we have to do this every week, this is going to be miserable. <laughs> what did I get myself oh, into? We were mentally drained by by the end of our very first episode, Mike. It was crazy. No, but, but you know what? I mean, and, and for those people that are kind of looking behind the curtains for podcasting, that is exactly, you've got to have those shows because it's how you learn and how you teach yourself because with podcasting, and if you've noticed, I know a lot of your listeners probably do explore other shows and listen to, you know, a wide variety of shows that there's so many people that are getting into podcasting because it is, you know, it, it, the barrier to get in is very low right now. You don't have to have a lot of technology to produce a pretty decent podcast, but you do have to learn the workflow and the sequence and, and how to get things things done and you know the more you do it the easier it gets but everybody's got to have those struggles because when you have those struggles that uh, that builds character as we all say in education yeah, it does yes it does thanks all right so uh how about you mike going over the year of 2015 what kind of things have stuck out in your mind about your show i've just been uh, glancing through some pictures here on my uh, google photos and i'll say the highlight of 2015 for our show um, one of the things that we started back in 2011 is that, again, we started the show in 2008, so we kind of grew. In 2009, we did Mouse Fest, which was a big fan gathering down at Walt Disney World. And we tried to really have at least a couple times a year where we get together in person with our listeners. And uh, in t- uh, 2011, we had our first podcast cruise on the Disney Cruise Line, where a bunch of us got together and sailed to the Bahamas, uh, did lots of events, recorded live from the ship. Um, we've done that in 2011, 2013, and 2015. And uh, one of the highlights, of course, of this past year, 2015, was our third podcast cruise, where we got to broadcast and, and record live from the Disney Dream, and we had over 100 listeners with us. But we did something special this year that kind of goes along with something that we do every year, and we work hand-in-hand uh, hand with a, uh, a charitable group called Give Kids the World down in Orlando, and they're an awesome charity um, where... 
they take basically Make-A-Wish families or families uh, that have children with terminally uh, terminal illnesses, and if they wish to go to the Central Florida attractions like Orlando, uh, like a Universal or Walt Disney World, Sea World, even Busch Gardens, you know, other things, they give them a place to stay, and it's amazing because they want to give them a week where they don't have to worry about doctors, they don't have to worry about uh, you know anything other than having a good time as a family, and so we've teamed up with them, and every June or July, every summer, we have a 12 hour live show where we stay on the air for 12 hours straight taking calls taking donations this past year we were lucky enough because it's not us it's our listeners they're so generous uh they donated over seventeen thousand dollars in that 12 hour span and so we were able to present that to the folks on to give kids the world and um you know, accommodate quite a few families for their entire vacations, take care of that. And, uh, I had never been there until this year. You know, I had read about it. I had talked to the folks there. We've been in contact, but I'd never had a firsthand uh, tour of the place. And I got to do that back in November where we presented a check and it was just amazing to see, you know, kids that, that are, that have more courage than I've ever had in my, you know, body ever in my life. And I'm 42, you know, they're fighting these battles yet they're smiling. And the thing is too, is like, you know, a lot of these, these kids that are struggling have siblings, you know, and they're, and their parents, you know, can, you can imagine we're, we're all parents and we know that when your kid's sick, you know, it, it tears at your heart. But when your kid has something as severe as a terminal illness, I mean, I, God, God bless those people because I don't know how they can deal with that daily yet. They're still down there. They're getting to make memories that they're going to have forever. And, uh, you know, just they're, they're thanking us. And I'm like, no, thank you for just, you know, giving me some, you know, showing me what life's all about and putting my perspective back where it needs to be. But got to do that. So I was really excited to visit down to give kids the world and see the amazing things they do down there every day. And going along with that, we had a, a couple that are just very special to our podcast family. They're called the Shine. Their names are the Shine Golds. And to raise a little bit of extra money for give kids the world. On our podcast cruise, and this goes along with our running team that we have, uh, we did what was called the uh, the Castaway Key Double Dip 5K, where we stopped at Castaway Key twice on our, our itinerary. We stopped on the second day and the fifth day, and we ran a 5K each day. But to do, if you did that. Uh, we all made a donation to Give Kids the World, and everybody got a medal that had our podcast logo on it and stuff. And, and the Shine Golds uh, took care of all that financially, and it was uh, quite amazing. To, it was a, just a great year to get together with friends and you know people that we consider some of our best friends in the world, and sail with Disney Cruise Line, but also raise money for a charity that uh, you know <laughs> they get to they get to take care of kids. You know, kids are important to us. We're all teachers, and when you can ease the pain of somebody, and, and again, it wasn't us; it was our listeners that, that opened their wallets and their hearts, but. Uh, you know, you, you, nothing can compare to that in 2015 to, uh, you know, being able to do a little bit of good in the world because it's been a tough year otherwise. And you're, and you know, you're real humble about that because you say it's your listeners, but without an organizer like you, it doesn't happen. So it, it is you. It's not just the listeners and, and they do the monetary support, but you know, without some organizer, without somebody leading that charge out there, it doesn't happen. And I got the, uh, I got on Facebook one day and saw that photo with you standing in front of uh, Give Kids the World with the big check. And I, I first of all, I want to know where do you buy big checks like that, dude? Because that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I said that's exactly what I told the lady from Give Kids the World. <laughs> Our like liaison, she's like, um, actually, it's just like a check that we have a dry erase marker and we can just wipe it. <laughs> they just reuse it? So, yeah, they do. So they just reuse it for the photo op. So I was like, that's awesome. I was like, but I really want one of those to take home just to like walk into my classroom one day with. But she, she wouldn't part with one. She had two. That's but she hilarious. Would- and just the, you know, like the feeling that you have when you are the one sitting there with this check to hand over to these people, it's just, that's gotta be uncomparable to me. 
Well, I'll tell you, you know, that, like I said, the medals that we, uh, you know, we, we also did a virtual race. Those are kind of popular right now. So the folks who couldn't sail with us, if they did their two 5Ks within like a three-month span back home and just kind of, you know, emailed a screenshot of their RunKeeper app, or, you know, just showing that they did, you know, two 5Ks and donated the money to Give Kids the World. We, we had, you know, over, I think, 150 people get these custom-made medals that have our podcast logo. And I'll tell you, you know, in 2015, I ran my first full marathon down at Walt Disney World back in January. But in trust me, I love that medal because I never thought I would even run 5K five years ago. Not, not, even, not even a clue. But, you know, this medal that I have from that Double Dip 5K where we were able to help out Give Kids the World is absolutely one of the most precious things to me. It, it trumps the, the full marathon medal. It, it's, it's my most special medal ever. Wow, and that's got to be hard to do, man. Because I tell you what, back in back in the day when we talked together, and, and this just occurred to me while you were talking earlier that you started your podcast in 2006, and that's the time when I left your life. So you know what took over my space in your life? That's it. I had to talk to somebody. The podcast, man. So so tell your listeners that they have me to thank because if I'd have stayed at Wedgwood, you'd have never created your uh, podcast because I'd have taken all your time. No, yeah, we just uh, uh, yeah making stuff up and driving principles crazy. Yeah, so. Uh, you know, talking about running, we'll get into that now since you brought it up. This the special medal that you had was pretty sweet. I saw that on Facebook too, and and I hope that that becomes an annual thing because next year I'm all over it. I just uh, this year it didn't happen for me. I was I was still recovering from a knee injury from we'll say two years ago, but you know. <laughs> I had the chance to run, um, Nick and I both did the coast to coast in 2012, and those Disney races are unbelievable. And, I'm, and one of these days, you and I are going to get down there and do one of these races together. Yeah, I need to talk to Trish so we can make, uh, you know, I think the dark side is calling in April. I'm telling you what, I'm, I'm trying to make it happen. I'm saying I think that uh, Vader needs you down there. Okay, so tell us, all how many races have you done through Disney? Oh man, I've done probably, I would say eight to ten. I've done all three or I've done all the Tower of Terror 10 milers, which is probably the best race out there. I like it. It's good distance for everybody. They, they took it away this year. They said because the studios is going through a transformation. Yet I switched over like a lot of us did. We ran wine and dine instead. And, you know, we spent a bunch of time in the studios running through the, you know, so I don't know what the difference was, but, um, I've done the wine and dine three times. That's a half marathon, except for this past year. It was a half. Half and a half. half. Yeah, exactly. It was about six or seven miles uh, due to weather. But, uh, yeah, I've done that three times, Tower three times. I've done the Walt Disney World Half Marathon twice, once in the snow and sleet back in 2010. It was miserable. And uh, this past year I did the full marathon done at uh, Walt Disney World. So. so did you do Dopey this year? That's what I'm getting ready to do okay. here in a couple of weeks. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. I signed up and paid a lot of money for about six T-shirts. So we'll see how that goes. So you started, you said 2010, you ran that half and it was record cold in Florida. And I remember you, I remember you coming back after that race and just like talking about how miserable you were after that one. And I thought, yes. and I thought you'd never do another. Well, I, you know, I, what happened was actually I signed up for the 2008 and then my daughter was born. So like a, like a week before that. So I had to, uh, I didn't even get to defer. I just bit the bullet and lost my money. I ran it in 2009 and that was just a regular year. That was my first one. It was kind of fun, but back then I didn't train. That was my only run of the year. I just go out there, suffer for like three and a half hours, get pictures with characters and so forth. And I did the same in 2010, but yeah, it was, that one's memorable because <laughs> when you look back at the pictures and I only have a few because it was so nasty with freezing rain, sleet, and actually some snow that 
everybody's wearing basically like uh, everything they brought because the the cold front came in like really quickly and so I had just because I drove down I had like what was in the car you know like old you know right. stuff that was left over from hockey I didn't care because it was so dang cold it was in the 20s he was wrapping you know, up with it, McDonald's cheeseburger wrappers around his ankles and stuff people were in their pajamas because <laughs> it was really all they had so yeah it was a fun year I'm surprised I went back but uh, eventually I did you know it's, it's one of those things you know I always looked at it as three and a half hours of torture to get three days of fun down at Walt Disney World. You bet, man. And so now you're going down in January and trying to do the dopey, right? Yeah, I'm excited for that because, you know, my family's grown. I have my wife and my, my one daughter now is who used to be the rug rat that bugged us around Wedgwood and went to the school with us. You know, she's now at Mizzou uh, in college. And she ran the marathon, uh, you know, with me last year. And again, she was 18. She's a varsity soccer player, high school and stuff. And she didn't train one run and ran a 26 mile marathon and finished. Now I beat her. I made sure I beat her because I had trained like crazy training. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I did go across the finish line ahead of her by about 45 minutes, but she did it with no training. Uh, this year, we're all going down for vacation. I'm running the 5K because I'm doing the four races. I'm doing the 5K with my wife and my 7-year-old, so that's going to be uh, pretty special to get out there with them. Yeah, so will this be uh, will this be Mallory's first? Uh, she did the 5K during the Wine and Dine Marathon weekend last month and just had a blast. And, and we do have a running team with our podcast of about 500 runners. Um, you know, not everybody makes every race, but we usually have at least 100 people together uh, for, for most of the run Disney events. And uh, she got to meet a new friend from Massachusetts and got to run with her and her mom. And we just all made it a good time. We stopped and got pictures. We ran when they're both, they were both seven years old. Like they would, you know, just like a typical seven-year-old yeah. at the time. And they would sprint Run out. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, 20 seconds later, we were walking, you know, but it was, you know, the 5Ks, that's what they're all about. They're just about fun. So what you're saying is if Nick and I join the Blizzards, we have ex- perfectly good excuses to our wives that we can just, we have to go to all the races, right, Nick? That's right. Uh, you got to do it. Yeah, Nick, I mean, uh, I'll give you the uh, the official letter. Can I jump in at the halfway point again? Yeah, so that's Nick's experience with the Disney race. He signed up for the full, and then he pulled the Mike Rawman's original training plan, where you don't train too much at all. And then he, he came to his senses and decided he was going to jump in at 13. Ooh, I don't know if I can uh, condone that, because uh, we're trying as best we can to get in really good with Run Disney. we got a great <laughs> relationship with them right now, so uh, probably not. <laughs> all right, man, so we got to move along, because we're starting to run short on time, if that's even possible on our podcast. But uh, it's nice taking this trip down memory lane with you. So since this is our last time for the 2015 year, you know, everybody's going to be out celebrating New Year's Eve. And now I wanted to get your take on New Year's Eve in Epcot because I know you've been there a couple times. So tell our listeners what New Year's Eve at, at, at Walt Disney World is all about. Well, first of all, if you're down there for, you know, say that week of between Christmas and New Year's, you know, like when all of us as teachers were out of school, a lot of uh, jobs, you know, businesses do close down for that week. And obviously kids are out of school. Um, it, it's, a, it's a nutty time to go down there, but it's very cool because you have great decorations, lots of extra activities that you might not see, parades, the Christmas parade, the uh, holiday wishes over at the Magic Kingdom. Uh, the Osborne lights are wrapping up this year on G- uh, January 2nd, so that's the last time you're going to be able to see those. But when you get back to New Year's and the New Year's celebrations, the best thing I can say is if you're there for you know that time span, go to the Magic Kingdom on the 30th because on the 30th they do the New Year's Eve uh, fireworks at the Magic Kingdom. And then on the 31st, on New Year's Eve, itself go over to Epcot and they do the New Year's Eve fireworks there. So you kind of get two New Year's Eves in consecutive nights on one trip. But as far as Epcot on New Year's Eve proper, I mean, we talked about this before we hit the record button. It is a, a madhouse. It's a nuthouse. I mean, for one thing, 
they have illuminations, which is very popular, but they also add a tag or a little extra to it at the end. They start the show at about 1140. It goes for about 25 minutes where illuminations usually runs about 12. It's very special. They do fireworks over each of the countries. You know, they'll shoot them from behind the individual pavilions, um, the, the 11 pavilions around World Showcase Lagoon. And they'll say, for example, they'll say, our friends in China brought in 2016 seven hours ago and they'll, you know, shoot off fireworks over China. It, it's really, I mean, it's cool because it's really in the essence of what World Showcase and Epcot are about, you know, celebrating different cultures, different places in the world. But you just, I mean, you have to pack your patience. I mean, if you got to go to the bathroom, you got to plan that two hours ahead of time because you're going to be in line. It, they give out the noisemakers at, at about dusk, at about five or six o'clock, and everybody's blowing horns. I mean, solid, just you know those those horns that drive you nuts for seven straight hours. It's hard to get something to eat. You, get, you want to have an advanced dining reservation if you want to sit down. But I mean, there's places in the park. It looks like a refugee camp because people are just like laid out in the grass, like sleeping, just waiting to get to midnight. And of course, you know, Epcot they serve a lot of alcohol, so it gets a little rowdy at the end of the night yeah. for. And, you know, not in a crazy sense, but for a Disney sense. I mean, people are drinking and stuff, but it's not out of control. But, you know, it, it's it's one of those things. It's not your typical day, man. But I'll say what, the payoff of seeing Illuminations at midnight's worth it. But then you got to realize you're not going to get get out of there for a couple hours either yeah. after the problem. What does it take, like 3 in the morning before you get out of there? Some people, like, make the run for it, and they can get out usually back to the resort maybe within an hour. But if you're taking Disney transportation, one of the buses or boats back to your resort, you're talking maybe two hours. And then last year, we or last time we were there, we drove. So we had a car, but we didn't get out there very quickly. And I, I want to say we got back to the hotel maybe 2.30, 2.45. Because, I mean, that parking lot, I mean, it, you've seen how big the parking lots are at Epcot. And they're out in the grass. Yeah. They're parking other places. I mean, Whoa. it's just one of those things. Just, you just have to know that's going to happen. As long as you know that going in, you're going to be fine. But if you expect that it's going to be a typical like oh it's like uh, april 3rd you know it, it's not that so mike before we end our podcast this evening what i want to do is i want to go ahead and just do like a little round table here real quick uh some takeaways the takeaway from 2015 and something you're looking forward to in 2016 well 2015 personally you know besides all the stuff we've done with the show I, i've tried to grow as a person i always try to do that try to make the show a little bit better each year as you guys i mean obviously you're doing as well um, and this gets back again to Dave, and I wanted to share this because, you know, a lot of connections with our shows, that when we went to Space Camp initially together back in 2001, this was back in July of 2001, we first got our first taste of Space Camp. It, it, it was the time that Dave got displaced in our education. He was going to a different building. I was hurt because Dave and I were really good friends, and it was going to affect my teaching because we did so much co-teaching. And I was really bummed. I was losing my good friend across the hall. And Boeing sponsored a teacher to go to space camp, and and one of us, you know, our principal was very cool to both of us, and you know, kind of like if one of you wants to go, go. But I heard that you had to get on an airplane and fly down, you know, not only to Huntsville but also <laughs> to uh, I, I believe Kennedy Space Center and fly through Atlanta. It was like four legs on. An airplane. Back then, I would not get on an airplane. I was scared to death. This past year, actually last month in November, I took my first flight since our honeymoon when I got married in uh, 2006. And I only, <laughs> <laughs> this, this was a one-way flight. We flew to Miami and we rented a car to come drive. We drove home from Miami because I didn't. I was like, that was stupid. I don't like to fly. I forgot. But uh, I did fly to, to Orlando there and back, and so that was a big thing for me. I got to fly with my family, so that opens a lot of doors in the future for like the uh, Star Wars race. I, I could go down there otherwise because i don't have the days off but you know that's one of the things that personally i, I kind of overcame a, a huge fear um and as far as moving into 2016 it's really hard to say you know i like keeping my my options open but the, the greatest thing and you guys have probably seen this i'm sure in 2015 is that when you have a podcast 
you, you're really speaking to the world. You don't know where that show's going. You know, in the past month, we've gotten emails from Australia. We have, I have one of my best friends lives in Japan. This uh, woman named Masayo, and she's just getting into running, but she's such a encouragement to me because she gets out there in Tokyo. I mean, this is like, <laughs> it's not the best place to run, probably. It's like a crazy madhouse, like New York City type <laughs> place. Well, people don't really run in Tokyo as much as the States. So, you know, she encourages me, and you just, you know, I know that we're all in St. Louis, and I've grown up in, in the town that I live in, that I teach in, Florissant. It's a small community. My parents went to the school where I teach, you know, back when they were in middle school. So I have a very small perspective on the world. But when you can do a podcast, you never know who you're talking to. It could be somebody on a different continent. And I think you guys are seeing that. So I always, you know, get get excited about that. I know it sounds kind of get, kind of geeky to really consider the power of a podcast, but I'm excited because with 2016, who knows, you know, there's there's more doors like Stitcher and TuneIn Radio. There's there's more avenues to get our podcast out there and, and meet new friends from uh, anywhere on the planet. Sweet. Dave all right, so looking back on 2015 for me, you know, it's been just a, a crazy year for me because uh, I've been in previous years, I've been so caught up with doing different projects here and there. And, you know, uh, one of the things I was involved with that ended in 2015, the very beginning, was uh, I wrote, I was in a team of six people that wrote the ELA curriculum for my school district. So that took up a whole lot of time. And having this past year to not have so many things on my plate has just given me so much time to, you know, start up projects like the Mousecapades, right? So I had that ability to do that and just working with Nick and doing these shows has just been a blast for me. So that, that definitely has been a highlight. But more than that, you know, my, my daughter's 11 years old and she, I've brainwashed her really well because she, <laughs> she's to this day, she still wants to be an Imagineer and she is almost into Disney as much as I am. And, uh, one of the things that I think is real cool that I that's that's a definite highlight for 2015 for me is that I'll, I'll say something to her after we're done recording. I'll say, "Hey, you gotta listen for this," you know, because we don't we don't we record usually on like a Thursday night and we post on on Saturday mornings usually. So I'll say, "Hey, you know, gotta listen for this this week." So Saturday morning will come around and I'll catch her getting on her iPod and downloading the show like immediately so that she can see see and or so she can hear the kind of things that that we talk about on the show and just knowing that she. Actually, there's one time in her life now that she's in her preteen years that she's actually listening to something that her dad says. That's got to be a highlight, you know, because I don't know how much longer that's going to happen. I, I'm going to keep the ball rolling as long as I can with that. And uh, just to keep her love for Disney and to see it in her when she, you know, Saturday morning hits and she's she talks to me about something that I said on the show or something, you know, something that went on. And she always busts me on the things I say that are wrong. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? I probably shouldn't have said that, but I did anyway. <laughs> And then looking forward to 2016, you know, thinking about Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, it was the uh, it was the Pirates of the Caribbean was the ride that inspired the movie that inspired the ride. Right. So 2003, it all started. I ran Chicago, inspired Mike to do some running. But now Mike's like the, the running man. He's got his running club. that has got all these members. And, you know, in 2013, I ran a local marathon here and, and did something to my knee and decided to take some time off. And 2016 is going to be the comeback. Baby, it's uh, seeing Mike out there running the dopey and doing what he does, and just kind of living through the races that he's run in the last, you know, two three years. It's it's inspired me to get back out there. So it's uh, it's inspiration definitely to get back out on the road and start doing something. So I will be probably signing up to be a lizard in the year 2016. I've got it you already ordered. I'm already on the, uh, the website. 
You totally <laughs> stole that from me, Dave. Oh, but yeah, look back in 2015. No worries. Looking back in 2015, you know, I just really value the relationships that we've made with our guests that have come on our show. And you and I, Dave, you and I have come together. You know, we come together once a week and discuss this stuff and record and, and you know, various phone calls that come with that. But, you know, you and I have, have grown together just personally and professionally. And that I'm very thankful for. Looking into 2016, yeah, you know, that day in Anaheim a couple years ago when I woke up and I, uh, I told you, you know, running sucks and I'm not going to run all, I'm not going to run ever again, right? I thought well, you were going to say I rolled over and rubbed your back and said, wait a second remember? <laughs> we got to cut that story short. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're leaving that in there. So, there was a lot to drink oh, that I'm night. Looking, I'm looking forward to becoming a lizard, man. I want to be a lizard through and through, and uh, I'm going to get back into running. You know, my body's telling me I need to get back in shape. So, yeah, if I, if I can convince my wife to head down to Florida or Disneyland, for that matter, and, and start running again in these races, that would be awesome. Yeah, you're only young for so long, right? So thanks again for listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears, the Nick and Dave Mousecapades podcast. If you have an idea, question, or want to share your experiences on the show, you can always contact us at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com. Text us 407-674-0414. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Periscope. You can listen to us on iTunes, Podcast Addicts, Stitcher Radio, and you can always watch us on the Periscope app. Follow us, listen, or watch. Just simply search for Mousecapades Podcast. Hey, Dave, I think it's about that time. All right, man. We just want to say thanks to Mike for coming on and, and shooting it with us today because it's it, it's been a long time catching up in the making. And we just want to say thanks for inspiring us to start this and uh, keeping us going. Hey, you guys give me something to listen to. I appreciate it because you guys have a unique take on things. You know, I don't think about uh, the haunted parks very much, but you guys make me consider that. So uh, whenever it gets a little dark at one of the parks, I get a little nervous. So uh, thanks especially to Nick. You kind of freak me. <laughs> thanks a lot. Awesome. All right, man. So this is how we do it when we end our show. Ready? Peace. 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 Have a magical day.